You are listening to Omnus Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnus, and I am here with Dizzard, the cable guy. What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, I'm great. I have so many titles now. It's humorous. Uh, <laughs> uh, Morgan yeah, calls me the night lizard. You're calling me the cable guy. <laughs> One day, uh, I'm going to make like a shirt or a poster or something that's going to be the old Jim Carrey movie poster, but swap your face in for Jim Carrey's, and it's going to be the cable guy. I don't like, know which would be creepier, my face or Jim Carrey's. Like <laughs> it's, Jim Carrey's face on that poster is pretty creepy, so I, yeah. that's going to be a lot to contend with. But um, anyway, how you been, man? Oh, I've been great. Uh, you know, just work and always doing stuff with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, always, always uh, in the MP- MCP zone. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like normally I would introduce you as one of the hosts of the Danger Room, but you have started a new project. Do you want to give the listeners a little little rundown of the new show? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I I, left, I ended up leaving the Danger Room. Um, just want to clarify, there's no hard feelings or anything like that. I just needed some, uh, I wanted to go a different avenue and do some different things. And uh, They didn't respect cable enough, and so yeah, you that's... had to move on is really what <laughs> yeah. it comes down to. There was too much X-Force trash talk and cable trash <laughs> talk that I just, I needed somebody who would let me be me. And like, you know, oh, what's what's that movie? You gotta, gotta, oh, the the other guys. Uh, <laughs> Spread my wings, let me fly. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, no, in case anybody's oh, wondering. Oh, that should there's... be your theme song for the show. Oh, the, um, which one? Uh, the, the spread your wings and fly. I can't. I'm not oh, even going to try By Queen? Sing. By Queen? Uh, I... Pick one. There's got to be, there's like a million songs <laughs> that are like spread your uh, wings and fly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just want to clarify before people start like thinking <laughs> something happened. Like there's, there's no hard feelings or anything like that. Um, I just want to do something different. So. Yeah, um, called the the Rogue Agents, and it's got myself, uh, Hyper Viper, and Finger Guns, and um, we basically kind of going along the process of, or not process, but like mindset of um, innovation is key is kind of what we're coining as our motto or mantra, whatever you want to call it, um, and kind of incorporating that into everything. Basically, showing people or talking in a competitive way that you can play with anything to be competitive and not limiting yourself to what is meta. Um, Cause honestly, a lot of times picking not meta is what needs to happen to beat the meta. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I mean, like I'm sure you saw plenty of times like with this game or warm awards, like a lot of times like that little sneaky list comes in that's not meta and it blows everybody away because they're not expecting it. Yeah, it's, it's it's certainly an interesting topic because I think you there's you know part of your statement I just like 100% agree with you have to innovate yeah um the like play anything and win like that's a very vague cloudy <laughs> territory to live in that is like it's not my home personally yeah um but I do still think innovation is key right like going into Adepticon uh, back in January everyone told me I was crazy when I was like I think X Men are actually legit good at pay to flips and there may be this this place for them and I think you had commented and you're like dude like i hope you explore this more and i want to hear more but like outside of that <laughs> comment from you i think everybody else was like dude x-men are trash like why are you bothering i mean and... i have been slamming my head against the wall with x-force since they came out so uh if anybody is rooting for the little guys <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and there's a point in War Machine and Hordes where I changed up a model that was always good before, but a new model came out and people felt like it kind of replaced the prior one. And then I came yeah. back and I won a big event with like specifically utilizing that that model that people thought had been replaced. And I was like, this is why it's this is why we need to go back to this model and not just the new the new hotness. Um, and so there's obviously that ground where you like the group think is almost certainly not always right. Sometimes it is, yeah. um, but there's a lot of times that it isn't. Um, but I think what's going to be interesting is if, I mean, I've been doing miniature gaming now for, oh my God, it's decade and a half. Maybe, uh, <laughs> it's a long time. I was somebody, my girlfriend was asking me about it and I started counting up the years. And I was like, holy shit, that's a long time. Um, but uh, it's, I'll always get questions from people that um, want to be competitive. So they're not really a casual player, right? They're, they're someone who wants to do their best to win, but they basically created some sort of artificial restraint for themselves. Um, yeah. And maybe that's just, they don't want to play model X or they want to make model X work. And that seems like that's kind of your guys's comfort zone where you're going to be like, we want to be as competitive as you can. We're not casual, but we're like, we're living in the zone of like, I want to be as competitive as I can, but I'm not going to bring Thanos in this roster. Or I want to be as competitive as I can, but with X Force, right? That's yeah. that's kind of what you guys are trying to do. Yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. Essentially, you say it way better than I do. <laughs> I go, <laughs> I go, I go on tangents and try to yeah. explain it way more than it needs to be explained. Uh, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's essentially what it is, as well as promoting the hobby aspect of the game, uh, interacting with the audience more. That's kind of like something that we're really trying to hit hard on. Is Dude, like interacting. I didn't with get to watch this. I didn't get to watch the the third Twitch. I was just a little too busy for that one. Yeah. Um, but I caught most of the first one and I think almost all of the second one. And that's super fun. I'm, that was always one of my goals was to like have live Twitch shows, but without like wanting to do a, a guest oriented show and mm -hmm. do a live show uh, proved to be a little too difficult. And so I gave up yeah. on that rather quickly. <laughs> uh, but I'm really happy imagine. that you guys are. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, it adds a whole entire different element to the show. And then I'm, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, lazy uh, to where when I go to edit the show to put it on the podcast format, I just, I don't edit. I don't edit out the live portions because then it kind of makes people interested. In like, oh, what's actually happening over here is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, kind of going to the aspect of like, we want to interact with people in the Twitch chat, but we also don't want to like exclude the people who are listening in the podcast format. So able to keep it live um, and plus, I've, I kind of learned from doing Danger Room that people actually enjoyed like listening to like the raw audio more so than the completely edited and um, <laughs> gone through and combed finally with a, a <laughs> toothbrush or whatever you want to call it. Um, just because like people enjoy like the little slip ups and like, oh, that's funny. Like but, uh, the people like the back door, um, hearing the little chatter and banter that happens. So just doing it live is just so much more fun. Um, it also kind of... It, it, I remember because I, I used to listen to you when I when I played War Machine, right? And um, it almost be <laughs> like like if you think about it, like you listen to these podcasters for a game that you're really enjoying, and you almost begin to like idolize them in a way um, because you're like, wow, this person is a podcaster. They they know so much about this game. Granted, because I was I was a kid, um, so I was like, wow, like 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 Legion, like <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but it kind of kind of creates something that I was like thinking about is like 
it kind of creates a more um, like doing it live and people seeing this stuff. It, it creates a more connection with the hosts um, as well as the audience. And you get to know your audience better. You get to know the host better from the audience perspective. Um, Cause I, I remember even when I was playing guild ball and like in like my adult years um, listening to podcasts, it was like, wow, these guys like they're podcasting. Like, like I want them, I want to talk to them. And then it always like created like this little barrier for myself. And I kind of just like, feel like doing like the live shows and like the way we're going about it kind of eliminates that type of barrier yes i had all sorts i had awkward moments where i'd be at a local game store wearing mm-hmm. the t-shirt for my podcast and had somebody go oh man i love those guys <laughs> and then i'm in this awkward spot of like do i tell him and then so like then one of my buddies next leaned over he's like do you want me to tell him <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> um but also it's it's it is weird when you go to a convention or something and mm. you you meet someone who's listened to you for literally like hundreds of hours of content and so they have like a pretty good grasp of your personality and who you yeah. are and you've never met them before and that is a strange dynamic not not to any fault of them i always try to be very um interactive whenever i was meeting listeners i i just usually love talking about these games it's not that hard yeah. to convince me like hey let's go get a <laughs> beer and talk about uh mcp uh it happened a lot at adepticon so uh, i i was listening to uh god was it wait to wait a real while like you went and had a played a game in a bar you put a bunch of tables together or something like that i want to say it was them that was talking oh yeah about yeah that. uh first uh, <laughs> the first my first game and their only game of the weekend was like on setup day uh, I pulled them all aside and we played separation anxiety in a, I was like, Hey, this part of the bar has a, uh, has a four foot by four foot table. And, uh, and we just moved a couple tables around to have like nearby space for other people who are hanging out and set our extra stuff on and, um, grab some beers and, uh, play the separation anxiety. That's awesome. <laughs> I think I recall getting wrecked by, uh, I think it was Tyler's venom, like venom with other symbiotes. He was an issue. <laughs> Oh, I, I imagine. I still have actually yet to play that Ultimate Encounter. Um, I'm terrible at playing Ultimate Encounter, so I just I spend so much time <laughs> trying to make crazy things work. <laughs> Separation uh, anxiety is a lot of fun, and it's, I, I need it's to its play own, it. It's its own kind yeah. of unique thing, and it's you know, you're playing an eleven threat team, but uh, it's I, I mean, especially for you, it's super brawly. I've even had some fun. I think I played X Force on it. I think I played yeah. in that game. I think I played Cable domino x23 or something like that it was pretty solid actually nice nice um but anyway yes yeah, so as a as a podcaster i think it's wonderful that you're doing the the live show and it gives another way to interact and i think it helps build up the uh, the visual medium side of the of the hobby obviously there's a lot of people who um who twitch stream the painting and that sort of thing um and so i would certainly like to see more uh more shows do a do a live element and yeah. i always love to like be at a point where i had like a group of people ready to go and everything set up so like when cool news dropped you could like <laughs> go do a quick five to ten minute like daily like bugle breaking sort news of thing. yeah breaking <laughs> news yeah um uh, that was always one of the things that i wanted to do and it just never quite worked out that way um that I mean, it always drops in the middle of the work day <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of kind of hard to pull that one off i'll just uh, shoot, I'll just I could just do it from the phone. They let you twitch me from phones nowadays. So, <laughs> but that's that's also yeah. something that I, like kind of like want to like hit on too with what we're doing with the podcast. It's like it's not just a podcast format. Like we want to um, use the the Twitch format to do painting. Just like again, like create more of that connection with the audience. Um, so people can come hang out with us. If they want to hang out. Like just come check out Rogue Agents. 
I think it says Rogue Agents Podcast on Twitch. Um, but just come hang out with us. We'll like stream games when we play them. Like Hyper Viper and I played a couple of games the other night. And I was streaming the entire time. We had some people pop in and out and talk to us about the games, some thoughts that we had, stuff like that. And I just, I want to create more. Um, I, I've always been huge on community building. So that's more of like a focus of mine that I enjoy. So that's another premise of the podcast is community building, competitive mindset, play what you want to win. Um, or I guess like play it, innovation key, that, that whole shebang. Um, yeah. all, all wrapped up in one, you know, it's pretty much everything that I, would love to do and so far it's been a blast um i love working with hyper viper and figure guns um <laughs> figure guns is just so full of energy <laughs> it's very contagious <laughs> yes he's he's great um i wanted to one of the topics i thought it'd be fun for us to hit is obviously as a podcaster it can be sometimes hard when you fall in love with a faction or fall in love yep. with an affiliation and you uh and you get super hooked and but then you're like i i'm a podcaster i need to be able to talk about a lot of different things i don't want to become like i i do not mind being like one of the x-men guys yeah. and i think x-men is my favorite affiliation now but i've been i took a break from them after adepticon and i've been playing basically all criminal syndicate since then trying out daredevil mm -hmm. Um, and I'm about to take a break from that and try something else. Um, how has that been for you? Because obviously you play a lot of X-Force, but you're still a podcaster. And I'm not sure, yeah. do you want to be just the X-Force <laughs> guy or do you try other things? So so believe it or not, I think this is going to be a big shock to everybody. And I've played every single affiliation in the game. Um, I've gone through and given every single model a play, except for probably Viper and Sin. I think that's like the only thing I've not played. Um, but like when something gets close. announced, <laughs> when something, when something gets released or announced or spoiled, like I immediately start running it, like uh, either like, um, like theory crafting, uh, at, while I'm at work and not nothing's going on, I'll start building lists and then I'll run it through, uh, I'll set up a table or get on TTS and do it on there. Um, whichever I feel like doing at the moment. Cause I, I feel like you have to see stuff on the table as well as TTS. You can't just run TTS because you're going to miss a lot of angles and certain things like that, and it kind of messes your perception up. But yeah, I, I play everything. Like when... Um, I just... My, my, my main state factions is definitely X-Force. I'm probably taking X-Force to Nova, even though I've been running S.H.I.E.L.D. into the ground. Um, I have quite a few good games in with S.H.I.E.L.D. of trying out that roster out. I uh, got some stuff in with Shadowlands Daredevil. But yeah, I, I bounce around between new stuff coming out. Because like, just like you said, like as like a podcast, you want to be knowledgeable about it and be able to give proper advice to people when they're like, hey, um, what do you think of this? And I don't say, well, I don't know. I haven't played it yet. Um, like That's a terrible answer when you're trying to seem knowledgeable about a game. Um, and that's something I, I was having a conversation with this with somebody about the other day. And um, like how much I, or how like, I see like all these characters and like trying to like, like how do you memorize this? Like, how do you like know what these characters do? I'm, like, I'm, I feel like I'm almost like obligated. I want to say required because nobody's required to do anything, but like you're obligated as like a content creator for the subject to know <laughs> as much as you possibly can. Like sure. I'll slip up some rules and everything like that, but um, it's, it's hard. There's so many characters in this game to keep track up with it. And like, like, cause like, I also compare it to myself again, back to like when I used to listen to podcasts and I wasn't on this side of the fence, I would always think like, how do these like guys like understand or know what every single thing does in this game? Like I can barely keep track of what my own stuff does in my entire list. Uh, the answer <laughs> is we are... don't, we try. <laughs> 
but you can always tell when we're playing something new because we make yeah. random mistakes with it. You're like, oh <laughs> shit, I forgot. That's how they have this ability. And yeah, but it's, it's, I, I will say, like, again, like, it's probably shocked a lot of people. I don't play Just X Force when I'm playing competitively or I'm playing. Worry, I'll edit that out like... so you don't ruin your <laughs> reputation. That's, that's fair. Uh, but if I'm playing competitively or I'm playing, um, to test out like something new in my list, then I'm playing X Force, of course. But as soon as something new gets spoiled or leaked, I'm I'm trying it out, seeing where it fits, giving it the run for its money. Like I've tried Nick Fury in uh, a bunch of different places, from X Force to X Men, Avengers. Um, I've tried him with Daredevil. Actually, that one was interesting. Definitely do not recommend playing dual grunts because it kind of makes the other characters feel way less <laughs> like yeah like on face value but sometimes you got to play something just to make sure that face value was correct um yeah i i love fury uh my next thought that i actually just had before we started recording because somebody let's talk about colossus and i was like i wonder how colossus would work with shield fury because the bodyguard to him it kind of upsets his whole lack of movement shenanigans um as long as shields ahead that is so get that aggressive movement onto him but kind of think about colossus and shield now yeah so here's one of my examples um i had been meaning to try craven um when i was doing uh uh midnight suns because obviously there's some cool synergies with how the leadership interacts with his um ability to get extra movement um and so i'd always wanted to give him a try and then i just kept kind of leaving him off and i think part of it is I'm affected by groupthink too, right? You know, yeah. enough that enough, you hear enough times that something isn't worth trying that it's really easy for you to just go, well, I'm just not going to waste my time with this and I'm going to try other things. Cause there's always, there's tons of cool things to try. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes you're like, how do I, how do I narrow it down? And sometimes the groupthink does affect you and you go, oh, okay, well I'll just leave this out just cause you know, I've already been kind of mentally convinced to a certain extent that this isn't good. Um, but I tried him with Shadowlands Daredevil because I needed a three mm-hmm. that um, I didn't, I didn't want. So part of my goal was, is like when I was building the roster was to play as many characters that had some form of movement built in because I'm like, obviously, right. If you're playing a leadership like cables or daredevils, you want to be able to make attacks. Right. And so yeah. more often that you can use both of your actions attacking the better. Also, the more often that you can get all of your attack actions and get back onto a point, the more likely you're not going to get behind. And so I was leaning very heavily towards characters with charge, you know, through Rogue in there, Zemo, you know. And I thought, well, wait a second. Craven seems like he would build up power reasonably well to help with all according to plan. And he has a cool ability where I could always walk medium and then do the spear thrust. And even if I don't deal damage, at least it means that he can have a shot at dealing damage and then can still get the second movement guaranteed to get onto a point. And so I was like, all right, I feel like this is worth trying. And man, I got to tell you, Craven's actually been a little bit of a rock star for me in syndicate. Not so much that I would say that I'm like going to force him, but I prefer when the math works out that I play Craven and not bullseye. And that was usually like, I was playing a lot of daredevil killmonger and then a third affiliated character and then splash Zemo plus like a power four, something like that. And I liked it a lot better when I could fit in Craven. I felt like he built a power really well. He set up follow me plays. Uh, I was using the expert tracker pretty much every game with him. 
had one game where I used it like four times. One of the like one one round I used it on three characters. Yeah. And it was round That's... two. Like it wasn't I, I even love... late. Yeah. I, I love Craven. I'm I'm glad you're actually like seeing success with him. I just when I was playing foes, um those was the Carnage Doom Prophecy days. Um <laughs> and like he just didn't fit. So I'm glad I'm glad to see him fitting places now. Um I made a a spider post list the other day actually because that's that's something that we're doing on the pod is every single week we have a challenge of the week which i think is awesome it's been super fun to see what people come up with and um hyper vipers for this week was um bring a list that is like anti-grunt essentially so <laughs> so i built a, a foes with uh carnage and craven um because Carnage is super good in the uh, grunt, in my opinion, because full heal. Yes, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, just another, another aspect of the show that's been super fun is the whole challenge of the week. I think a lot of people have been enjoying it, too, because we typically get quite a few responses that people are just like go crazy with it, too. Like, give them, give them a theme. Like, the first week was us- utilizing uh, what Bucky, Taskmaster, and Punisher. And then the second week was... Your, uh, your mascots for the show. Yeah. I thought that was it was super super cool. Um, and then um, and you chose yeah, my I, roster as I, your I example, <laughs> the first one because I literally that's what I was working on in my Discord. Yeah, um, in the the Patreon Omnis Discord, I was working on a Shadowlands Daredevil, and at that time I wasn't playing Craven yet, and so I had Taskmaster as my as my three because yeah. I was I wanted a character I thought because of his ability to ignore cover on multiple of his attacks, I I thought would be potentially very valuable and punisher fit the bill because um because he has that pseudo charge Mm -hmm. and and so he was in the list and i had bucky in there obviously because he seems kind of busted with uh (laughs) reroll uh you know with with access to that reroll and so i literally already had a roster built with those characters i'm like oh great i'll just post the roster that i was legit working on um I ended up changing it just because there's been a lot of characters to try, but yeah, it's, um, I think it's a fun challenge for your listeners for sure. Is, uh, is Punisher still on that list though? Um, no, the main reason (laughs) why, um, I did not end up playing Punisher much was because I found Zemo to be kind of nearly essential. Yeah. And, and then that third slot, I mean, so basically it's all competing for that, that other that other unaffiliated slot which is pretty heavily contested and i was like just trying lots of different things in that slot like i was trying angela i was trying rogue i was trying ronin i was trying medusa there's just so many things to try for that slot and so it was it was it was hard to keep him in the roster as i was fitting in other things mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean i don't think that he's a valid choice for that sort of roster anyway like i think you could still play it depending on what you wanted to do with those slots um but for me it ended up working out whereas i think i was just trying different things but that doesn't mean you couldn't go back to him he still he still did good work uh in the games that i used him in yeah i've been i've been loving punisher again um because from that challenge like i i've been looking at putting punisher and shield anyways and then that was kind of like what pushed me into it even more i've been loving punisher there he's so much fun in shield i i think people need to give give punisher another look it's just so sad he needs an affiliation uh, <laughs> i love yeah, his model I, I love playing him i just he needs he needs a home yeah as a solid three threat character I, th- there's nothing wrong with his character he just kind of needs uh, a few more affiliations 
Um, yeah. cause I think he's, he's, he's a hard character to really push for that unaffiliated three threat spot, but he's not a bad choice, but he also isn't really anything flashy for it. And so it's, but if he can be your affiliated third character, I think that's a great spot for him. And so, Absolutely. I, um, like I said, I actually think in Shadowlands Daredevil, that is a perfectly valid, um, and I think if someone were playing more of the the E's and C's, where I was leaning very heavily towards playing the B's, like Mutant Madman and Infinity Formula, because I just mm-hmm. prefer that for an attrition game, because I still like the ability to kind of outposition my opponent a little bit more than what the E's allow for. And so uh, I preferred those. And he, I don't think he's quite as good there, because it's harder for him to shoot people and still be on a point. Yeah, absolutely. I can completely agree with that. Um, has there been any other characters where you're, um, where you kind of, oh, before we move on from that, what I wanted to bring up is one of the things that I notice happens in MCP is a lot of the time, um, there will be characters that we don't realize how good they are until you mm-hmm. play them in an affiliated slot. Then that makes you consider playing them elsewhere, right? Obviously there'll be characters that come out like say Medusa, right? And you're like, oh, this is just a fucking crazy good character. I'll play her anywhere. Um, but for example, when I first saw um, Crystal, I thought she looked boring as hell. Yeah. And when I first tried her in A-Force, I was immediately impressed with the work I was getting out of her for a three threat. And then that started making me consider her elsewhere. Um, I'm trying to think of another really good example of someone that until I started playing them in affiliation, uh, then it started clicking that I wanted to try them elsewhere. Like uh, uh, even say Sam, right? Sam Wilson. Obviously, mm-hmm. you you probably play him for the leadership. And I think now people more and more are realizing that he's a potentially a really solid three-threat splash for any affiliation, practically. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that was immediately apparent just by when everyone looked at him. I was wondering if you had any examples of that where there was a character that you played and affiliated and suddenly you wanted to try them out elsewhere. Um, that's, that's, that's a tough one because... Like, like for some reason, like the first thing that jumps in my head is like Taskmaster because Taskmaster used to be like the glory rogue agent, right? Um, and then because like Bucky was okay, but like Taskmaster just made Bucky cry uh, in the old days. But I am surprised how many people kind of poo-poo on Taskmaster now. Yes, every time I put him on the table, I am still surprised at his level of durability for oh, a three. Yes. <laughs> and th- like he, when he hits four power and he double spenders someone. He takes out characters that he probably has no business being able to take Abs- out. Absolutely. And it's great because they can't do anything about it. Like they can't reroll, they can't like modify. There's nothing happening. Uh but like the reason why I pick him though is like as like uh, the key standout one to me is because he used to be good. Um and then he really just fell off the face of the planet. Nobody was taking Taskmaster, not even in um what CS. Um and then Shield comes out, and I start playing him in Shield again. And I'm like, man, I forgot how good Taskmaster is. Um, and I just, I've been loving Taskmaster and want to put him in more places again. Uh, just, and I find it hard because I'm just like, man, I'm having so much fun with Taskmaster. Where can I put him? <laughs> um, but I, I also think that Shield really makes, um, actually makes Taskmaster stand out more because of that aggressive move. Because you should be up round one with Shield. You should be. Um, yeah. Well, and he's kind of like he doesn't mind getting onto a center point because he yeah. he can spend power really well, and he's he's an annoying character to double attack. 
Yeah, I was, uh, I was story time. Uh, <laughs> I was playing a game and uh, it was against the Black Order list. Is Thanos, Prox, and uh, Corvus, and I think there was another a two thread. I don't remember now. It was Bullseye or Toad, something like that. And uh, Taskmaster survived Proxima, Corvus, and Thanos. <laughs> like they just kept pouring into Taskmaster, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this. And then his turn, like, just he poured all those attacks. And granted, dice happened, sure, but um, like he just survived all of it and was able to gain enough power and end up shield building him just out of there. He said, deuces, I'm gonna take all these hits, and then I'm just gonna disappear. <laughs> oh, so much fun. I love Taskmaster again. I, I forgot how good he was. He's he's probably my number one that I would say recently. Yeah, I, um, I still think he's a drastically underrated. I, I think it it yeah. comes from most people, and this will be something you're going to have to deal with a lot with your show, is people just want to play as many affiliated characters as possible. And I don't yes. think the average player wants to include rogue agents unless they really, 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 really have to. Yeah, and I, I think, or it's a super benefit, like either in Shadowland Daredevil or X-Force, where you're getting that reroll, like Bucky is a standout character in those lists um, because he super performance with a reroll. Um I'm trying to think of like another good example of what would be um I'm always trying to jam Hella somewhere. Um <laughs> I haven't played as Guardians in a long time, but I'm still just trying to jam um Hella. I I tried Midnight Suns, tried to put in her in there and but I'm I'm always trying to make it work. She was in Shield a little bit for me. Yeah, I'm oh, definitely gonna go back and visit Midnight Suns again. Um, yeah. just cause they're, they're dying off a little bit. I love the movement shenanigans. They have some core characters that are really strong and I want to like legitimately put Craven in there and see what I think. Cause the one thing I was running into with Craven in syndicate is there was just so many times that I had a target just outside of range two, yeah. which means I couldn't really pull off the full shenanigans, mm-hmm. but I'm like, if I'm going to play attrition right now, I am in love with follow me. Because I got the so, promo from Adepticon, so I was like, well, let me throw it into the <laughs> list. And, oh, man, it's been so dumb. I honestly, uh, the card is ridiculous. I haven't played Craven in a while. Um, does his, he, doesn't he have a trigger for if he was placed or moved this turn? Yes, that is exactly. So his uh, his spear thrust, um, if he has been placed or moved, he gets a, an advance. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see, I can see him doing really well in Midnight Suns. Maybe that's something that they need. Uh, I, I would love to see Minnesota's Sun's work. I, I I think people get too down on Blade. I was like, cause that's, what, that's all I see. Like, people are like, Midnight Suns are great, except for Blade. I'm like, why? Blade's... Like, I don't, well, I don't, I think, I don't it, I think it's Ghost Deer, largely, because every time Suns shows up now, <laughs> he just hops in and he's like, Blade sucks. Um, that's fair. That's, prob- that's the person who I would say <laughs> I see it the most from. Um, and I love, the, the, But I have like this level of like respect for Blade because I feel like that's what I was dealing with with X-Men forever, was yeah. like, X-Men has an amazing leadership. I think still one of the best leaderships in the game, but Storm is not like an amazing three. Like anytime you have a three threat that has stealth and a range four attack with shock and a throw and the mm-hmm. ability to like spend power to raise her uh, builder instead of use a spender, like she's got core good stuff, but she's still not an exciting three. And so I feel like Blade is a little bit the same thing, right? Yeah. Where he's he's a solid He's an he's he's an okay to solid four, but he's not someone that you will play outside of affiliation. And he really kind of needs his leadership to function. 
um, in a, in a strong way. And so mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of feel for that position, but I love the, like, I love the movement effects. And I feel like if you can make a lot, if you can get a lot out of that, it, it can certainly be worthwhile. I mean, obviously if you were toned down slightly in a three threat, that would make it so much better, but that's not the world we live in and probably shouldn't live in. That might make sense yeah. too good. Um, so I guess I, I have another point to your, your question that I want to answer though. And cause like, I think why I'm having such a hard time thinking of something is because I always jam something in X-Force first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I find out if it's good out of affiliation before I find out if it's good in affiliation. <laughs> oh, so but, you, you kind of ride the horse the opposite direction, right? Yeah. You're just like, you just, every time something new comes out, you stick it into X-Force and then that makes you decide if you want to try that affiliation. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I, that's, that's actually <laughs> that's what led so me. Well. Oh that's my god! You're so into... Dizzard, the cable guy. That is, <laughs> it's that is it's what led me into uh, wanting to like Shield is because I started jamming like Fury was spoiled, and so I threw him in X Force. It's like, oh my god, there's so much cool stuff I could do with Fury. I have to try him in Shield now, um, and that's kind of like how it works for me with any character. I just like let me try them because I tried Elektra in X Force first, and then I tried Daredevil, and then I tried Fury, um, which is funny because Fury was spoiled first. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about Electra, but I keep forgetting. So I want to tell you a little story that literally came up today. So okay. uh, my girlfriend has reached the point that you remember the, um, the old War Machine bags that were just uh, meant for like the paint sets? Yeah. Okay. So I'd given her one of those as her like starter bag, right? To place her first models in. But now she's getting close to like 20 characters and she has a dice tray. Like, you know, obviously I just. I, I I like all the swag, which means my girlfriend gets all the swag. Fair, fair. Um, and so I emptied out one of my uh, old full-size War Machine bags and gave her some more foam. And like, all right, now you've got some foam to expand into. And this means you can put all of your dice tray, your tokens, like all this stuff can be in one bag. And so this is all you have to grab when you want to play MCP. Um, and so it was giving me these like tug at my heartstrings of like remembering the good old days of War Machine and Hordes and such. Yeah. But there was a little while where I was using that bag for War Machine or for MCP. And I found like six character cards stuck in one of the pockets. And one of them was Hawkeye. <laughs> and I was like, this has to have been in this bag for more than a year and a half. Like I have not used this bag in so long, (laughs) which means I haven't even considered putting Hawkeye into a roster. Yeah. I have not even looked through him and like, where's my Hawkeye card? Cause I would have never found it. The rest of the cards were like, um, corset stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think a a Hulk card, which I had purchased an extra Hulk at some point. So all the other cards were stuff that I had duplicates of. So not knowing where they are would have been enemy. Oh, I have these extra cards, but I just thought it was funny that I was like, Hawkeye's not my jam. And I just like, that was so, so hilarious to me that it was like, oh, I had lost the Hawkeye card and accidentally found it and never cared. (laughs) That's, that's speaks. I love Hawkeye though. He's, He's such a annoying little guy. (laughs) <laughs> he i oh. mean he's not a bad three he's just really not my style i think he's yeah. too fragile he goes down too easy and i uh, agree um and it can be really weird because he doesn't always spend power very effectively so he's like he'd yeah. be a weird one to like have big spikes on because suddenly I, you're like well now i'm loaded with power but i can't use it if you ever go to try shield definitely run hawkeye because he has all the power to put pay for all the cards uh, <laughs> yeah i can see that 
Um, so I wanted to talk about Electra for a minute because obviously mm-hmm. she got pew pewed a lot, and uh, yeah. I was certainly when I realized that she did not have a builder attack, I was like, "This fucking character's trash." <laughs> um, so now after having played Daredevil for a bit and played with grunts and played specifically with the ninjas, yeah. I'm like, "Okay, grunts are dumb, like dumb in a really powerful way." <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's certainly. That certainly got me thinking that, like, to a certain extent, the ability to even bring grunts is almost worth one threat I agree. by itself. Yes. Right? It just, there's so many little things. And obviously, the shield grunts are a little bit better. But I found so many games, like, say I was playing Killmonger in basically every single game I played Shadowlands Daredevil. And so I often, I would do things where I'm like, I'm just going to have this grunt, grab this extract, and run to the edge of the table. Right? That's mm-hmm. like... Everyone's probably thought of it at this point. It's not anything new, but it just provides this ability for you to be a little bit more aggressive with your characters and not worry about losing an extract. Cause that was always an attrition problem that I would run into. We're like, Oh, I want to do something aggressive with this character and go for this kill stroke. But I'm like, Ooh, wait, they have an extract. I really shouldn't like send them at my opponent. Uh, they should probably hold back. Um, and so grunts just free up a different character to be more aggressive or, the ninja vanish on hammers, I love because I was playing all sorts of charging characters, right? And so when you have yeah. a ninja, pick up a hammer and then give it to Rogue or give it to Zemo or give it to Killmonger, and all of these characters can still charge round two is so good. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I thought there was, I thought the ninjas were going to be better than the shield grounds for extracts, uh, which is why I started with Electra actually. Um, because I want like I'm definitely one of those people that like I have to play the character that everybody's <laughs> trash talking. Uh, that is very you. Uh, I mean, it's I was talk- I was having a conversation with my dad about this the other day, actually going completely off tangent here, but somewhat related. Um, of how I always, ever since I was a kid, have played the underdogs. Like I played Signar, not an underdog, but I played Darius in Mark II, and I played Nemo one. Uh, before theme lists. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I played yeah, Sloan before she got, I played Sloan before she got her buff. Um, <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. And I always thought it was so cool that I could bring a Warjack from completely pretty much dead to full health. I like Darius is so broken. Um, but Darius was one of the worst ones they had <laughs> uh, for a long time. But anyways, uh, I was, I was always been like that. It's, same thing with Guild Ball. For those who play Guild Ball, I played the Hunters, and then once they were good, I played the Falcons. Out of uh, curiosity, why, what do you what do you think draws you to playing the underdog? Um, the puzzle. Like, I want to be. I want. I want to make it work, and then like, like, hey, that's that's the person that made this faction work or made this character work. Um, I've always like had that appeal to it, where it's like, is it uh, winning hard enough anyway? Like. <laughs> But like, how how much how much more satisfying is it to win with a list where somebody sees like oh it's just X Force and then you go and destroy them and it's just like okay well maybe <laughs> I should pay attention to X Force a little bit more now, um, but that's that's kind of the way I look at it is like well so let me let me answer the yeah. rhetorical question that you just asked before you move on, um, obviously this is something I've said since Adepticon. I and I'm going to say this in such a way that this is not a dig at Nate. This was a dig at myself because I was seriously considering switching to Avengers. If at any point I was ready to bail on my X-Men plan, I was yeah. going to play Avengers because they just they do have a lot of characters I enjoy playing. 
but I was also like, there's going to be a ton of Avengers players. It's, you know, it's not exciting to me, but I still felt like I could play pay to flips reasonably well. And I could have an answer for most situations. And there was a point, even like the night before where I'm like, should I just switch to Avengers? But after the event, I am way happier to have gone third with X-Men than to have gone first with Avengers. Yeah. I say that knowing that Nate took first with Avengers, no foul to him. He didn't even play Sam. He and he, and he represented for Loki. <laughs> no, he, he did played, really he cool, innovative things. Um, and so again, not a dig at him. This was a dig at myself for considering switching <laughs> to uh, um, switching to Avengers. And not that there's anything wrong with playing Avengers, but there was something special about the experience, um, being able to prove that my plan worked. And I wasn't playing X Men to like prove some weird point i just as a mm-hmm. podcaster i kind of try everything and yeah. so that when i say something is bad it comes from a place of experience or if i say something i think is legitimately worth considering it again also comes from a place of uh place of experience and when i tried x-men i just kept seeing potential and mm. and one of the and eventually i saw so much potential i was like i really want to give this a full run and see see how it goes and um there is there is something about that that's like being able to show the community something adds a level of enjoyment to the experience that just playing something that everybody would play um would not and so i i i 100 agree with you there um i was just kind of teasing that (laughs) winning at this game is still hard like there's still a lot of great players you know a lot of stiff competition Um, there's certainly a puzzle (laughs) to solve anyway adding on the like i am going to prove that a particular affiliation is good um but i i come at it more from the i'm going to try everything for the purpose of podcasting and then when i see something that's counter to the group think i may decide that i want to prove that it's a counter where i think you're specifically going i want to find the worst and then (laughs) <laughs> and then do as well with it as I can. And what I do is a little different. So I, I uh, that's, that's kind of an interesting point because um, I actually get questioned quite a bit of what are you going to do when X Force is actually like super good? <laughs> I've asked you that. Uh, yeah, my, answer, my, my answer is always like I don't know. Like I love X Force. Like it was one of my favorite comics growing up as a kid. Uh, they just happen to be the, the one of the bottom of the barrels, uh, <laughs> which I think they uh, are not so much bottom of the barrel anymore. I, it's such a. It's interesting to talk about meta when it comes to MCP because there is such a thin line between top dog and bottom dog, and what somebody considers a bottom dog, as well as like I don't think there's a like overall 100% answer of this is the worst affiliation or this is like the least like likely to succeed with affiliation. I think that very differs depending on who you ask because so I could ask somebody for just a, for just a moment. Cause I, this yeah. question has been popping up like on the danger room discord a lot lately. Like, you know, cause there's the comments about you can win with anything, but what does that mean? Yeah. And um, I fundamentally agree with what you said that there there is this, like, especially compared to other games, like say we've been talking about War Machine a little bit in this podcast, the difference between the worst factions in War Machine to the worst affiliation, like the difference between the worst and the best in War Machine mm-hmm. at different points was fucking huge. It was enormous. <laughs> it was yes. almost completely like un- insurmountable, like how big of a difference there was between the best and the worst. Yeah. And the difference in MCP is significantly smaller. Yeah. 
I think saying it's a thin line might be a little, uh, what's the, what's the word I want to use here? Um, I think, I think saying it's a thin line is a little generous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say compared to almost any other game I have ever seen, like say I got into miniatures games, uh, Wizards of the Coast, Star Wars minis, the difference between the best and the worst was often pretty fucking significant. Um, and in, in NCP, it's not that wide, but there's almost kind of like, there's just like three tiers. There's the, the tier that kind of struggles that doesn't have like an obvious advantage to manipulate. And then there's kind of like the, the mid tier that's maybe strong, but doesn't have a good enough backup plan when things aren't going their way or their, their, their roster just takes a few too many characters. So you can't quite dual affiliate. Well, they're close. And then there's kind of like the top dogs that either just really naturally do well, or their plan is like the best of their plan. Like they are the, the best in class at a particular grouping of crisis cards or something. And now the, the bottom tier is not so bad that they're not going to win local events. You're going to see it all the time. I think any, any, any affiliation piloted by a strong player is going to win a four round local event. That's a 20 person tournament or something. Totally. Mm. No affiliation is that bad that they couldn't do it. Yeah. I do think that bottom tier that, that whatever we want to call third tier, we'll say not bottom, you know, we're not going to discredit them. I think X force would have a hard run trying to go six and O or seven or O, you know, at a big convention. And that's where the challenge comes in for you. I'll be uh, testing out Nova. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I think hopefully that kind of approaches the question in an honest, but like hopefully kind of forgiving way for the listeners. If you're wondering, you know, can you just play anything and win? Yeah. For the average game, totally. But there are definitely going to be some affiliations that are gonna be a little bit more of an uphill battle and why I personally think X-Men are incredibly strong and actually Mm -hmm. are best in class at pay to flips and like have a really strong place in the meta. They're fucking hard to play. Yeah, And if you do not put in a ton of practice, you're not going to be set up to use the storm leadership, right? And knowing when to run it, like there are so many difficult decisions with them. They're not an affiliation. You're going to be able to come right out the bat and feel like they're strong in the same way that like brotherhood. Brotherhood has really obvious synergies and you're, you're going to probably have more immediate success with them. Um, but as much as I don't like the the terminology that we use about floors and ceilings, I think X-Men <laughs> may have greater potential in the meta. Yeah. Um, and so that's a really weird thing to figure out. And like, if nobody spends enough time with an affiliation, you never realize how good it is. Um, so at any point there's a buff to X-Force or a particular model releases that just creates the perfect synergy or a new crisis releases, or there's now a, a good trio of crisis that's perfect for X-Force, you know, you'll be all set up. But um, well, I was curious, how do you feel about that general statement that I just made? I think it's, it's pretty spot on. It's, it's really, yes, you can go to a convention and play like what, like one thing is dice may just be completely in your favor the whole entire day. And you just completely wash out every opponent because they can't do anything. That is a complete possibility with this game. Um, but it but really I just comes well, down to you, you mentioned dice. I do want to say that I, when I say that I think someone can win a four and zero event or something, I don't think that's dice. I think a strong player can just do well with. Yes. Like it would not surprise me for you have you go to a some random local event and go four and zero with X Force. Yeah, and I don't think that would require <laughs> I, a heavy dicing. I think it probably requires dice to not shit on you. Yes. But 
I think you could do it with reasonable dice. Yeah. And uh, I mean, speaking of which, I, I did that recently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, hey, we got a little bragger on the podcast now. Uh, you, you know, know a little, uh, little humble you know, brag. You know, X-Force yeah. always prevail. Just shutting um, down the haters with X-Force like it ain't <laughs> no thing. Messiah of uh, X-Force. Messiah represent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, that was, it was a fun, I would say it's, it was my first local event here in Virginia and it was a lot of fun and the guys running it did a really stellar job putting it together. I just want to say that real quick. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was a fun event. It was really good to actually like take X-Force somewhere and like do something with them. Um, I loved it. So, um, uh, I can't, can't hate, I can't help but, uh, mention it, <laughs> but I do want to anyway. give a shout out to the X-Force community. I did <laughs> not use the, the fan server for mcp because i found that i just got into needless arguments where people would ask questions about like what works or what doesn't work or counterplay to certain stuff and i just found that i would get into these arguments with people that i just totally disagree with and i don't think that they were giving information with enough like games to justify where they were coming from and i just like i'm just i give up on the server um yeah after you and I did the X-Force episode where you're helping me build an X-Force roster, um, which has been fun to play, by the way, um, I came in and I interacted with that group for a while. And that X-Men channel is fucking great. Or sorry, <laughs> X-Force channel. Um, I will just say that is one of the coolest communities that currently exists. Like it, it strikes a really nice balance of being honest about their strengths but like ready to innovate, ready to play, ready to hear thoughts. It's just, it's just a really cool community. So shout out to the X-Force community. Yeah, I, I love that server. I'm always in there um, trying to... It's basically your server. I'm surprised it isn't Dizzard's <laughs> X-Force channel. Uh, no, no. Uh, everybody in there, in my opinion, like my the, my current X-Force list is honestly like a result of this channel. Um, I've taken advice from people who branded the game like have you considered running this i'm like i'll give it a shot we'll see what happens um one of the people actually um i'm gonna give him a shout out his name is ryan and he's uh always in there talking to me about x-force stuff uh he actually recommended ronin like i would say probably like eight months ago so like before before our episode and i tried it once and i was like oh this is, this is garbage like what am i doing this is I tried it once. Absolutely worst experience with it ever. Uh, and then we had our episode, and I was like, I should probably reconsider Ronin. Um, went in, reconsidered Ronin, and now Ronin to me is a staple for X Force. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad uh, you brought him up because I did kind of want to talk to you about him because I've been. <laughs> I actually just recently went back, so I changed my basing strategy for my yeah. models at some point where I kind of changed how I was doing the concrete, and so he was in like the first style, and so I recently because I've been playing him a lot. Um, I wanted to go back and kind of touch up, um, touch up his base so it kind of matches the more modern characters that I've been doing. Because uh-huh. um, I've all, honestly, I've always liked Rodin. Uh, from the moment he came out, I remember having conversations with Pagani. I was like, dude, I feel like I could play this guy in like any list. Like he's got cool control elements, but he also brings this interesting game, like with depriving people of power when you're playing attrition. Yeah. Um. And I put him in um, my my last couple of games with uh, Criminal Syndicate, and I really liked the combination of being able to like daze someone, but then they they have no power. Yeah. The next time, so I don't even have to like worry about their activation. I'm like, oh, you made an attack. Like Ronan goes and picks up an extract. You attacked Ronan, so now they're now you're judged. Now I'm going to set up to murder you. 
and yes. you you don't have a counterattack next turn really and you may not even get the extract because he will just walk away afterwards or Rona will just one shot him because he's a boss <laughs> uh yeah i uh. did that to blade actually i ended up losing the game overall but i just he just walked up and was just like did a five dice um with two rerolls into blade with his uh universal weapon and just one yeah. shot blade I, I think Blade like one damage on him. Yeah, I it's he's just crazy. I I love I love the character. Like everybody talks about how uh, displacement effects are the best effects in the game. He's got two. He's got one on his builder and one on a range attack. Like he's got the gather on a wild trigger, but still he's got two potential displacements that he could be doing off of his attacks. On top of that, he could do it during your turn. Like <laughs> if you if you KO him or daze him, he could just. Go ahead and accuse you and go and push you away. Um, and then field dressing him is just the most glorious thing ever. I, I <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm gonna give another story talk, but I keep doing story time, but I have to talk about um, that local event that I mentioned. I had yeah. a scenario where I was running Sabretooth, Bucky, and Ronan, and I take seeing red now because of that, that X War server we were mentioning before. Someone brought mm-hmm. up seeing red, and I was like, How have I never seen seeing red? Like, how did I miss this card? Um, <laughs> And um the person goes and attacks I think it was they attack Sabretooth. I sacrificed over to Ronan. Ronan gets dazed. He does his accuser, um which completely like it, it weakened the target. I forget who it was into. Um but then Sabretooth pops scene red, does his spender, uh he whiffs his attack into the person who dazes Ronan, but gets the trigger off of that and dazes somebody else. <laughs> um, that was nearby and then bucky goes and got to your back and dazes the original character mid activation so i dazed two <laughs> characters on my opponent's turn i felt so bad but it was so like just fun did you really crazy. feel bad i feel like you're just saying <laughs> like i, I mean, feel no, like I, you're just, I, you feel super justified i feel i felt bad for the aspect that i just dazed two characters on this person's turn um in the middle of their activation <laughs> and <laughs> But it felt so good to just be like, oh my god, the plan worked. Like, the, the clapback squad is real. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I still think Ronan is a super underrated character. And like we were yeah. just talking about earlier in the episode, right? Where you you kind of, obviously for you it's different. You're just like, I play something in X-Force and then see if it's good and I want to try the affiliation. Yeah. But for most people, I think you try it in affiliation and then that's how you know whether or not you want to try them elsewhere. And Ronan came out at a very weird point where people had already kind of settled into Guardians not working, right? People had had a chance to play Star-Lord Rocket Groot for a while. And uh, and for the most part, by the time we actually got Ronan and Drax, because they were kind of like the last of the Guardians releases, people were already done with Guardians. Um, except for the person you're talking to. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, because and me. I was playing Guardians during that time frame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved Ronan back then, too, and I completely forgot how good he was until I started playing. Um, and Sooner had a really strong Guardians list back mm-hmm. prior to the, the drop-off um, change. But um, but my point is, is that because by the time that Ronan hit, I think people had moved on from Guardians for the most yes. part. And so I don't think a lot of people got to see how good he is either on either side of the table because people just weren't playing him. And he's not like a super interesting model and he's not usually a fan favorite for most people. And so he falls into this weird niche that not a lot of people had like a standout reason that they were going to pick up Ronan and then put him on the table. 
Um, but I still, I still legitimately think that he is super underrated and is one of the better fours in the game, but he does this weird thing. He's kind of like Loki where it's hard to understand what he does for you. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's, he's usually more taking something away from your opponent and that can be a hard thing to recognize on the table when you, you've just taken away an option. You don't, when that character can't strike you back with that much force because they don't have any power, it's hard to like connect that in your brain with the fact that Ronan is the reason why, because of judgment. Yes. So As he also, he does more things too. Like, I, I, I think it's actually worth talking about just because I, I keep seeing um, people will see my list and then they'll say, why Ronan? Like, what, what is Ronan bringing? And you um, tell them to fuck off, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that mean. Um, I tell them, like, basically, like, you look at this and, like, what again, I talk about the whole displacement thing. He's got two displacements, one on his physical builder and one on his ranged energy attack. Um, both wild trigger, yes. Um, he also has the comeback mechanic where he's going to hit you and stagger you and stun you if he doesn't kill you. Because uh, eight dice energy is more often than not going to just one-shot the person he's going into, uh, which is insane. Um, I've had that attack always, almost always, just take out the person. If not, there's just stun and stagger, which is amazing. Plus, it does explosive, which is cute. Uh, but yeah, the judgment is huge. Um, power is... The like the biggest resource aside from actions in the game, and um, <clears throat> limiting someone's ability to gain power to literally once a turn. <laughs> like, man, if you poison them too, like, oof. <laughs> like, uh, I guess they can gain power off of their attacks, sure. But like, where they where you really gain power is from being hit. And people see this when they're playing against web warriors, and web warriors don't hit you. You feel like you can't do anything. That's because you're not gaining power. Um, so judgment is just such a huge special condition. That's I think judgment itself is underrated, which leads to Ronan being underrated. Um, I played one of the games I played was Ronan and Rogue together, and I Ronan had judged multiple people, so I got two dazes off, and they had like no power on them. And yeah. then one of their characters that I laid into, I didn't roll particularly well with Rogue, and so all I really ended up doing was like I think I sapped a power. And so then at the end of it, I was like, well, I don't have enough power to throw something. So I'm just going to steal power from this other character. Yeah. And then I stripped that character of all their power. And so suddenly, like, their next activation, they're like, the next round, they're like, the oh, fuck? My characters have no power. <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's a hard thing to, like, keep in mind that, like, that was a secondary strength of those characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, being able to get rid of power off of your opponent right before they go, oh, it's one of the best things ever. It's like, okay, now you have to do your builder, which has a chance to net you not what you need. And then you're stuck doing another builder, which you're going to be at what you needed at the beginning of the round, but not no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, on that topic, I got to say, I'm a little upset that you did a Going Rogue podcast, and you at, like, I don't even think you've mentioned Rogue on your podcast yet. You literally have uh... to, in the name of your show. I don't think we have actually. You know, I think yeah, about it. I'm a little disappointed think... in you. I feel like you need a rogue episode. A rogue episode. Um, I'll bring it up to the others, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see if we can appease you. <laughs> um, I love Rogue. Though. She's a great character. I 
it was either her or Ronan in my X-Force list, actually. And that's like another thing I get asked, too, is why Ronan over Rogue? Um, it's a hard question. It, it's just like he has a more effective round one than she does. And when you're playing X-Force, again, I'm sorry, talking X-Force again, but anyways, um, not sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this isn't the danger room. We don't have a rule against it. I don't talk Fair about enough. X-Force ever unless you're on the show. So... <laughs> But uh, if you think about it, like X Force needs to be doing something like proactive. They need to be pushing. They need to do something efficient and pushing that action economy as best they can. Rogues round one, unless you're going to advance R and D, is I'm going to go over here and stand on a point, or I'm going to go over here and pick up something. Which she'd rather just go stand on a point and not spend her power, so she can actually charge round two. Uh, but her round one is usually just so just dead you just- that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of good things you can do with Ronan. Just like an advance and try to push someone off, yeah. like and soften them up. Like sometimes he's just the character you're willing to do the riskier play with because he's fairly fast. Oh, he's size three. <laughs> you know, he can punish people for attacking him. Um, there's been other games where I had yes. people play Ronan against me, and I was like, I like your decisions, except the fact that you made the aggressive play with this character and not Ronan. Like, if you had made that aggressive yes. move with Ronan, that would have been so much worse for me. <laughs> so. Well, it's like, you look at, like, I'm glad people that talk about Lizard. Lizard can double move, and... Oh, I think we've got lag going on. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but it's okay. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. He he does the Lizard thing. Yeah, better than Lizard, in my opinion, because if they want to hit him, they're going to regret it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Dizzard. Well, I think this is probably going to be a good spot for us to end the primary episode. Um, we're still going to dig into a little okay. bit of this uh, innovation is key concept. But listeners, if you would like to go check out more of Dizzard, so it's the Rogue Agents podcast on Spotify is usually where I've been listening. I've also been checking it out on Twitch. Um, is there any other shout out you want to do to uh, to your cast and crew, uh, Mr. Dizzard, the cabled guy? um yeah we're pretty much i think i have it up on everything as far as like apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, um spotify amazon pretty much everywhere you get a podcast i'm pretty sure it's there uh there's the discord because everybody loves collecting mcp discords gotta catch Um, them all (laughs) gotta catch them all um and then the twitch I, i i'd say like for like one of the most Probably the best way to watch the show is just going on the Twitch and watching us because you get to see um, Finger Guns laugh for about thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, if pretty you add up all the time. <laughs> um, I think I think the, the whole Twitch they you know, come interact with us and talk to us while we're actually doing the episode and like get your questions in or talk to us and just I, I think the Twitch is just probably the most fun I've had doing the podcasting so far. Yeah, so, for sure. I end up usually chatting in your uh, your Twitch chat quite a bit when uh when i'm not so busy yeah. working but uh yeah it's been had some it's had some great discussions yeah it's it's i i enjoy it um so well, you've assembled a you've yeah, assembled I a great crew out. um obviously i've recorded with both finger guns and uh hyper viper they're great dudes great mind for the game um i'm really excited to see where your show goes and it's it's become a regular listen and watch for me in the case of some weeks um i'll end up doing both but uh, i appreciate the additional content man 
Oh yeah, it's been a wonderful time. <laughs> Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, again. no problem. Anytime. Happy to happy to support the show. I think it's always interesting when someone wants to start a, a new podcast. It's kind of like, well, like what's what's your niche? Don't just be another podcast that reads off cards to people. <laughs> you know what? What are you going to do? And you knew yeah. from the get go that you you kind of like you've done the competitive podcast thing, and now you're in a place where. You want to you want to focus on innovation and focus on, you know, making things work that you're passionate about for one reason or another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, listeners, uh, I'm going to close up shop here and say the most OP thing that you can do is find that gap in the meta. Play that thing that everybody else says was bad, but in the place that it works. And you will be both my hero and Dizzard's hero. So. Peace, nerds. <laughs>